Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Android, as always, by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today we played Streets of Rage 2 for the Sega Genesis. Streets of Rage 2 is the story of a game that I really wish we had played before playing Streets of Rage 3 because then maybe I wouldn't have spent the last two years talking trash about this franchise. Ooh, okay. I see you. Yeah, so... For those of you who are longtime listeners or binge listeners, you may remember way back in episode 14, we played Streets of Rage 3. And we had a notoriously bad time with it. Mm. And then last year, we played Street Rage 4, and we had a pretty good time. Yeah. But we're like, oh, you know what? This is just, it's a modern game. Of course, they did a better job. Yeah. But then here we are today, playing Street Rage 2. This is my first experience with it. I'm like, holy cow, this is actually a good game. Yeah. And yeah, I wish we would have played this one first because I've been thinking bad thoughts about Retro Suits of Rage for the last two years, and I was mm. maybe being unfair. You being unfair? Never. Un- unheard of. I don't ever jump to conclusions. No. I am never unfair, and I'm definitely not hyperbolic. I always, <laughs> I'm just even keeled. <laughs> I'm a straight shooter. And I always have the facts straight. Yeah, yeah, especially when it comes to hedgehogs. (laughs) (laughs) We got so many messages about the intro to the last episode, and people really learned a lot. They thanked me for opening them up to, uh, you know, not a lot of people spend their free time studying 1850s German psychology, and people were just really thankful that we um, broadened their horizons in that way. Yeah, perhaps you should go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole a little more often for your intros just to see where it goes. Yeah, I might have to do that. <laughs> I might have to do that, especially when we don't have uh, a whole lot of personal history. But I, I needed to, in this intro, just uh, get it out there right off the bat and say that um, I may have been being unfair and uh, I'm sorry for the way that I disparaged this franchise for the last two years. <laughs> I feel like this is some sort of intervention, finally. I know. Well, that's the thing is when we did the Street to Rage 3 episode, everybody told us, you guys, you guys need to play Street to Rage 2. It's so good. And I was like, no, there's no way. There's I no always way. knew you that Street to Rage knew. 2 is pretty good. You knew, but I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know. Streets of Rage 3, I was saying this the other day on Discord. Like Somebody's like, Dan likes Streets of Rage 3. Noted. Because what they were talking about, so... If somebody new joined the server and you were yeah. like, "Why? what's your least favorite game and why is it Streets of Rage 3? <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else, I think it was Retro Librarian, was like, so Battletoads is better than Streets of Rage 3. Yeah. And so I chimed in and I was like, well, actually, if Streets of Rage 3 had, you know, the Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack and like five less levels, it would have a shot at being a good game. Um, because it was like, the soundtrack is terrible. It's way too long. Um, and if it was like, wasn't those things, I feel like it would be a more enjoyable experience. Yeah. I, I don't know that I gave it a fair shake because the flashing lights and, and blaring music just uh, yeah. really took me out of it. But we didn't have that experience today. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it was an eyesore. There's, there are eyesores in Streets of Rage 3, but, um, not here. Not no. so much. Not no, so there much. was only one time when I was like, stop doing that. <laughs> and you, you said I was stop overreacting. It. So stop it. Why don't you share some fun facts about this game, Dan? All right, I got you. I got you. We got this one published by Sega. Surprise. <laughs> not not surprising. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Sega. I never had one, but uh, this is one of those like classic franchises. It's it's on the cover of the Sega Genesis Classics collections. You got the Streets of Ragers right there. Yeah. I think that's what you 
how you uh, define or how you refer to the collection of all the characters as Streets of Ragers. Goodness, yeah. Uh, so this one like developed by a bunch of people. Yeah, I Turns noticed out, that. Yeah, way more people in the credits of this game than in Sonic One. Yeah, so Sonic One, I think we said was like six or seven developers. This one, the the Wikipedia noted that it was like so. There's 24 total developers, um, which I think Moby. It, I I actually followed the Wikipedia links today because I was like, what yeah. is it? What is? It? So it lists Sega, Ancient, M and M Software, not M and M, M and M. Okay. <laughs> Shout Design Works. <clears throat> I like and, how you said that really loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an exclamation point. It on does, it. yeah. <laughs> and H I C. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is going on with the development of this game? Um, and so then it took me to Moby Games or whatever in the Wikipedia, and it was like twenty four developers and six thank yous in the credits or something like that. Wow. Um, so a lot more people made this one. I don't know. It just. And on that page, it just looked like a bunch of different studios just did a bunch of different stuff. So like some studios did some programming, some studios did some artwork, some studios just they did, just did, like subcontracted yeah. the heck out of this game. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. There wasn't like a a good explanation of why I saw. Whatever, but, man, it worked. Yeah, it, it worked. Did, it did work. Uh, this game came out uh, December of 1992 in North America. In January of 1993 in Japan in the PAL regions. Another game that came out in North America first. Well, not by much, like less no, than a month. Still, it's not the normal retro game where it's like Japan gets it and then a year or two later we get it. Yeah. Well, Japan got the better title. They did. One, oh, uh, man. That's a fun fact that I can get behind. Yeah, yeah. In Japan, the game is known as Bare Knuckle 2, The Requiem of the Deadly Battle. I I don't know if you could have a better name for a beat 'em up game. I, I can you just read that again? Bare Knuckle Two: The Requiem of the Deadly Battle. I love that. <laughs> That's it's, poetry. It's so elegant. Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I like how there's two thes. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Requiem of of the, the Deadly, deadly battle. battle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the subtitle of Streets of Rage Three is. I didn't. I didn't quite look into it. But don't. you know, that's a good. That's a good one. I think it's good just to pretend like it doesn't exist. Just, <laughs> it was like a quirky thing. They did one, then they did two, then we did four. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, last fun fact, Jordan. According to Wikipedia, this game was a commercial and critical success. It's commonly regarded as the best entry in the series, the best beat 'em up game for the Mega Drive slash Genesis, and one of the greatest video games of all time. Now, I have a big qualm with this sentence, Jordan. Okay. Now, granted, it probably, well, I don't know if they wrote this before or after Streets of Rage 4 came out. Oh. You could probably have an argument that Streets of Rage 4 might be better. I don't know. They're both great games. Um, one of the greatest video games of all time, certainly. I well, mean, if, I you mean if, you, if you take off nostalgia tinted glasses, yeah, you, you just look at it for a timepiece. But like, what is one of the? Is it like in the yes. top thousand? Because well, there's that's, like millions of video games. That's a great point. That's a great point. This is certainly one of the best games on the Genesis. However, the best beat 'em up game for the Mega Drive and Genesis? No, oh. no. Oh, okay, we not see, a chance. All right. I see where this is going. Yeah, Jordan, what is the best beat 'em up on the Genesis? The Punisher. No. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Yeah, you're going to say Hyperstone Heist. Of course. Everybody <laughs> everybody should say Hyperstone Heist. <laughs> I feel like the vast majority the vast majority of people don't know that that game exists. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, you you <laughs> love it. That's cool. I mean, you like Ninja Turtles. Goodness. Like I said, we've mentioned this a million times. We're literally in a room with Ninja Turtle wallpaper, wallpaper, Ninja Turtle, okay. <laughs> Ninja Turtle figurines. I could barely find a place to put my stool down today because there's literally the floor is strewn with Ninja yes, Turtle it's figurines, <laughs> vintage Ninja Turtle toys that I just keep in the the floor. Um, cause I just have too many of them. So they just have to go on the floor. Yeah. I like this. This, this is new since I was here last is that the floor is actually just a uh, clear epoxy and it's full <laughs> of Ninja Turtle memorabilia. It's incredible. <laughs> and yes, my wallpaper, it's not posters. It's not, it's not a single Ninja Turtles poster. It's, it's Ninja Turtles wallpaper. Ceiling, walls. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got for fun facts, Jordan. Those were some fun facts. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do extensive research today. That's all um, right. But that's all I got today. So you got anything else before we jump into what the game did well? I do not. I think we're ready to to move on in. All right, let's do it. stands out to me first and foremost when you start playing this game is I'm a big fan of the artwork. I love the gigantic sprites. Mm. And uh, there's something about like beat-em-up games where I don't know what it is, but I love these 16-bit games that just took the sprites and made them massive. And this game is like that. So a lot of times in beat-em-up games you'll have, or even just any eight and 16 bit games you'll have like the character and then you'll have their portrait Mm. and like the portrait will be like way more highly detailed and i noticed that the portraits of the characters in this game are just straight up screenshots of their faces because the sprites are so big that you can't actually fit any more detail into the portrait because the sprites are so big yeah it's interesting you say that because now that you're you're mentioning the size specifically of the sprites and i also have the graphics and the animations um in this one as something that the game does well but it's interesting as i'm like thinking about the perspective because it's like okay big sprites is it zoomed in super far but i never felt like it was sort of a cramped view on the screen i felt like they were big but you could still see everything that you needed to see yeah, they did a phenomenal job of like, because we've definitely played some games where like the sprites, um, what did we play recently? Where like you had just massive boss sprites and you couldn't move anywhere on the screen. Um, it was a it was a video game. It was a video um, game. It was a supposedly. retro video game. Oh, and uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Super Nintendo. <laughs> the bosses were all gigantic. So giant sprites aren't always a good thing no. if they're going to be like cluttering up the screen. But uh, they did a good job with this. Even when you get a ton of bad guys on the screen, you can still kind of feel like where you are and where the bad guys are. And I don't know. They did a good job. Yeah. The uh, Not only the, well, I guess the backgrounds are technically sprites, but yeah. like the game like looks good. And there's one area I know that like the parallaxing kind of bothered you. There was like some foreground parallaxing that made the level look like it was kind of spinning. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I was noticing, like specifically, I think when we were on that boat, where it was like the water and the ship was kind of bobbing up yeah. and down. The parallaxing looked really nice. Um, some of the enemies are palette swaps, but the enemies all look pretty good. Um, the moves, everybody's got their own kind of combos. And, and there's, there's, 
I, I didn't write down like the, the controls are deep They're They're not, but they're not like super shallow. Like this game, we found out after we read the manual, you can hold the attack button and then you'll do like a, another attack, a kick attack. You've yeah. got like a normal jump kick and then you've got like a downward jump kick and then you've got all the animations where you're grabbing guys and flipping over them and throwing them. And I'm like, there's a lot of animations in this game and I like that. Yeah, I mean, definitely a ton of variety. Um, you know, it does suffer the thing that a lot of old beat-em-ups do where like you get repeated bad guys. But they do fix that with having lots of health swaps and, mm. and giving every bad guy their own name, um, which is interesting. But even, <laughs> yeah, it'll be like, okay, all of these guys are named after some sort of storm. So you'll have like storm and wind and gust and squall and fog. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, at least you put in different names for everybody. But also, as you were saying, with like the the backgrounds, the backgrounds look awesome too. And there's a ton of variety. So the game kind of starts... And it's very generic. It's kind of what you'd expect with like you're on yeah. the street. You're, what a concept. And you're raging. Mm-hmm. But then it quickly gets awesome. You have a theme park. You're in a baseball field. There's alien world, which is like something straight out of Contra. Yeah. Because you're in the theme park and you go into like an alien ride. And then they're just like, we're going to just rip off something straight out of Super Contra. Yeah. Which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a wrestling ring. You're on a ship. There's a beach. There's a jungle. There's an office building. There's at least three different elevators, maybe four, <laughs> which every beat up game needs to have an elevator sequence. And this one had at least three different elevator sequences. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of variety. And this game also had the uh, the the beautiful trope of motorcycle guys, we, lest we forget about. You're them. putting that in. Uh, what no, the, no. Okay. You mentioned the elevators, and it made me think: what other beat 'em up tropes? Yeah, make their way into Streets of Rage too. And of course, not only do you have motorcycle guys, you have yeah. special attacks that take away your health. A, yeah, beat 'em up classic. Yeah. <laughs> For better or for worse. So um, one of those beat-em-up things that I always bring up, we've covered a lot of beat-em-ups on this show because we love them and they're awesome. And one of the things that I always kind of complain about is in some beat-em-up games, you don't have a whole lot of level interaction or you don't really have a whole bunch of different weapons that you can get. And this game has a pretty good amount of level interaction. There's a lot of destructible objects. Mm, Every different level will have different stuff like crates or trash cans or barriers or alien egg pods phone booth phone booths yeah there's just every level's got something that you bare can destroy. knuckle arcade machines yeah there's an arcade and every single arcade machine in there is bare knuckle which <laughs> you know that's what everybody wants is go to an arcade where there's only one game and you just you just play it but a ton of destructible objects which drop um point and health pickups there's also a ton of weapon pickups you got a pipe a knife a sword a little samurai throwing thing there's bombs and this stuff is a given in modern beat-em-ups, but it's also really glaring when you don't have it in retro ones. And that's why I complain about it. Yeah. And I like to see that stuff there. And this game just keeps delivering with the variety. It's got a lot of all this stuff. So you just hit on a couple of my points. Uh, you mentioned the weapons. And the things that I specifically like about the weapons is they don't have like <clears throat> a health bar kind of a thing like some weapons do. Oh, yeah. They go away after you drop them a certain number of times. Yeah. So if you play well... You can keep a weapon for basically an entire level. And yeah. I like that. You do lose them when you go from one part of a level to another mm-hmm. part, which, um, you know, in some games we like when they let you keep your weapons. Yeah. But it is pretty generous with letting you keep them in each part of the level you're in. So I can understand yeah. them taking it away from you. Yeah. And then you mentioned the health pickups. Like the health pickups and the extra lives in this game are something that I have that it did well because they're plentiful. 
Like there's you you if you play well, basically the way that this game goes is you can get to almost the last level without even needing to continue because they're generous with the health and because they're generous with one-up pickups are kind of rare, but you yeah. get them a lot for points, which yep. is nice. And so I, I enjoyed that uh, that element of this particular game. I also like this game has street chicken. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. You have to. Which is, I don't know what's up with these old beat em up games, but for some reason, like picking up an entire roasted chicken that just fell out of a box <laughs> and it replenishes <laughs> all of your life. You can get an apple, which gives you a little bit of health. But, you know, maybe you're going to destroy that trash can. And, oh, look, here's a freshly roasted chicken just <laughs> laying in the street. I'm going to pick that up. Full health. No diarrhea at all. <laughs> doesn't matter that it came out of a trash can. Now, that would be interesting if every now and then there was, like, a chicken that was a little bit different color and maybe had some, like, wavy lines coming oh, out of it. Oh, like rotten you, chicken. You eat it, and it gives you diarrhea, and it takes away a little bit of health. No, it gives you health, but it poisons you. So oh, it, it so it slowly, slowly yeah. goes away. So that would be like a classic, you know, like RPG yeah. um, thing. It's like short-term gain, but a long-term penalty. Yeah. A little bit of some of column A, some of column B. Eat the chicken, <laughs> but you're cursed. Yeah. it's it's You get a different ending at the end where it shows everybody happy, and there's one guy like on the ground curled up in a ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan, piggybacking on the lives. Um you get two continues per player, plus the option to start with lives. Like yeah. you can, I think it defaults to three, but I think you can start with five lives yep. if you want. Um, there's also difficulty options. Um, we played on normal, but you can go hard and hardest. I think, or the, there's two like harder difficulties. Was there something easier than normal? I think easy. Oh, so we didn't think, even have yeah. to play it on the lowest difficulty, right? And I think this one—it's been a while, but. And this may be me just crossing wires with other Streets of Rage games. But I think this is a game that will taunt you if you play it on a lower difficulty and oh. not give you the real ending if you play it on easy. I could be wrong about that. It was a classic thing. They would I, do was, that. I was expecting that when we beat it on normal for it to be like, play the game on hard. I was like, this is where Mr. X turns into a robot. And he didn't ever turn into a robot. I think that's from Streets of Rage 3. It could be. I don't know. It didn't happen here. It made me feel good. You're yeah. not telling me I didn't beat the game even though we did. Yeah. So that was good. That was nice. I like, I always, every retro game should allow you to increase the number of starting lives. Yeah. And like you said, the game is generous with the one ups because I think at one point I got up to nine lives. Mm -hmm. We started with five and I got enough extra ones to get up to yeah. nine. But then, then this is, this is really interesting too. I didn't have this in my notes, but the, the difficulty, what's that called? Like, the like difficulty how, curve yes the difficulty curve thank you dan it is, <laughs> is, it's really well done yeah because it starts off and you should be able to play no problem yeah if you're not spamming your special attack which takes away your health you should be able to like work with your friend and get through the first few levels no problem or you're stockpiling extra lives but at the end it definitely did get harder but it didn't do the thing where it like spikes to impossible yeah. and like you blow through all of your lives and your continues i felt like the difficulty curve was perfect yeah yeah uh and actually that plays into another point that i have and that it's that is that this game didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome no it's a beatable game that didn't feel horribly cheap yeah, um, it's kind of exactly what you're saying. It's a good difficulty curve where if you're not great at it, like you can still get pretty far into it probably. Yeah. Um, but if you're good, you can not continue until the end of the game. And if you're really good, you can beat it without continuing at all. Yeah, um, I, I felt like having like we played on normal and we beat it. 
you know, yeah. we didn't have to do any cheats. We didn't use any rewind. We didn't have to, you, you didn't even use all your continues. I don't think no. I, I used all mine, but we got to the end. We beat it. If it was too hard, you can go down to easy. If you're like, man, that was fun. I want to try that on a higher difficulty. You have that option too. I don't know why this took so long for developers to start figuring this out. You don't have to only have one difficulty. It, <laughs> and that difficulty doesn't have to be like hair ripping hard. Yeah. Like you can actually make a game that's fun and give people some variables to let them dial it into their own skill set. So I don't remember what it was. It might have been the the Contra hardcore episode or something where I was like uh, thinking about why Japanese games tended to be easier than some of the, the North American releases. And what I come to find out was apparently it was because of the rental market. Yeah. And apparently, I guess, because making a game really hard would make you have to rent it multiple times, so you might as well just buy it maybe or something or you like just, that. you couldn't just rent it and beat the whole game and be yeah. done with it. So maybe it encouraged people to buy more video games by them being harder. But in this particular case, it was like, hey, look at this, a game that stands the test of time that's still beatable and actually fun and enjoyable. That even if I didn't have this as a kid, I would have wanted to rent it all the time probably. Yeah, I mean, it de- the video game market definitely had some ups and downs as it figured out like what is actually yeah. being kind to your customers. Like think about <laughs> arcade machines created like simply to eat your quarters and then they're like well should we do that with home console games too and i don't know it just it took them a while to realize like maybe actually being nice to your customers is the way to get people to buy your games instead of like if little timmy buys this game and tells his friends oh yeah you can't even get past the first level and then they come over and realize oh yeah you can't get past the first level it doesn't mean that little timmy's friends are gonna go out and buy that game and like (laughs) i don't know like i i I can think of so many games that i had when i was a kid that I never pulled out because like I don't want to play Silver Surfer because I know yeah. that I can't even beat the first half of level one. Maybe that's coming up soon, Jordan. Maybe we'll do a, a retro Marvel month or something and we'll play Silver Surfer. You just triggered like maybe we gotta <laughs> oh, find. Oh man. Maybe we gotta find an excuse to play Silver Surfer. Um, but to your point, I read on the Wikipedia that apparently there is an arcade version of this game. And oh. They replaced the one ups with points. Okay. And so they did the whole thing. Whole, well, you have a classic to. arcade. Thing. I understand for an arcade machine, like you got to make your money. You Do don't you? want you don't want kids sitting on the machine Do for you? an hour and you only got a quarter for an hour. Like that's not a good business plan. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have uh, Do you have anything else on that's, the game as well? That's gonna do it for me. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You got more? Yeah, I got one point. All right, let's go. Oh, one point. That's it, and you got one more. All right, Dan. I just was gonna see if you had anything. I have an in between. I got an in between. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this one, Jordan? The game, this, this game is unintentionally funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, you're talking about like the bad English translation. Well, your your character was like, "You pooping, you oh, pooping," and yeah. my character kept yelling, "Get the paw, get the paw," <clears throat> and then specifically in the baseball stadium level, you have signs. One of the signs says, "Do baseball." Baseball is two words; it's not one word. Yeah, do exclamation point base base. Ball, ball exclamation point yeah and then the, uh, another sign in that same level says it's like boo the <laughs> boo's capitalized yeah and then the baseball stadium just has signs in the background that says, it says they say audio <laughs> yeah i love it so dan did you did you google what they're actually saying no i just i figured that we got it right so give me give me your best impression of axel's uh like special attack thing okay <clears throat> get the paw 
Okay. <laughs> it sounded like get the paw yeah. or something like that. He's actually saying grand upper. <laughs> no chance. Grand upper. Like no maybe chance. like uppercut, like really good uppercut. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure they just, um, they borrowed the, the sample from Blades of Steel. Uh, get the putt. Get the pass. Yeah. Get the pass. I'm pretty sure they just borrowed hit, it. Oh, you mean hit the pass? <laughs> hit the pass? Uh, and Blaze, when I thought she was saying, you pooping. <laughs> She's apparently saying, Kiko Show. <laughs> what? Which oh, is literally Qui-Gong Palm, as in the Chinese martial art, martial art, or more literally, life energy wielding palm. I mean, that makes sense why we wouldn't be able to understand it if it was... <laughs> yeah. Grand upper, though, like you think you'd maybe, I don't know, maybe. you would never think about that. But yeah, this game has, has some, some, some humor to it. <laughs> I love it. I don't understand do baseball or it's like boo. Like well, I genuinely don't. Even like the bad guys' names. It was so funny to be like, all right, what's this guy called? And like, just like seeing the different names they came up with. Now, some of them are pretty boring. Like it's just like, there's a bunch of girls with mohawks called Signal. And it'll be like yellow, green, blue signal. Like, okay, that's not that cool. But there'll be like the really big guys that shoot out fire. And like one was named Buffet and one was named Gourmand. Or all the guys who are named after like different parts of the water cycle. It's like, all right, you know, they're trying. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. There's some fun little things tossed in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, does that, you're all done. We're done. We're moving. Well, I got an in between thing. The in between. Now, do yeah. we do this? At the tail end of what the game does well? I think so, because it's more good than bad. Okay. More good than bad. So this is kind of a a segue. But the music. I think we have to talk about the music, Dan. Because we trashed the music in Streets of Rage 3 so bad. like It it, trashed itself. It's become part of the lore (laughs) of this podcast. And I need to say that the music in Streets of Rage 2 is way better way better because there's actual rhythms yes. there's actual melodies like you can listen and say that's music not just weird noises like i don't think that my furby is possessed and just right. making crazy chip bending noises right there are still some really weird parts yeah but the weird parts will last for like a bar or two and then go away whereas i think in the third streets rage game he was like what if now Stay with me here. What if the entire song was the weird bar? <laughs> and um, so I appreciate that the music didn't ruin the game for me. Yeah. But also it wasn't like some people say that this is like one of the greatest soundtracks. Some people like I was reading on the Wikipedia that like people loved this soundtrack so much that the guy who wrote it would go to nightclubs and DJ using this soundtrack and okay. people would go nuts for it. Okay. There are um, people out there that love this and I, I'm not one of those people, but it is a huge improvement over the Streets of Rage 3 soundtrack. Now I walked in today having played this game on multiple occasions going like, yeah, the Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack is good. And then once I was listening to it today, I was like, actually, I don't know if I would call this good. I yeah. think it's, I think it's, you're absolutely right. Much, much, much better than Streets of Rage 3. But I still don't think... I was listening to it. I'm like, is this good? Is this not good? Do I do I like this? <laughs> I was really trying to like sit there and feel like... Yeah. I was paying attention to the music. Um, and I think it's, it's you know, it's your favorite adjective. Solid. Um, yeah. It's, it's solid. That means a very different thing to you than it means to me. <laughs> so I'm not sure what you're trying to say by that. It's 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 fine. We'll leave it at that. It's solid. 
Yeah. Okay. Solid. So to some people, solid means one thing. To some people, it means another thing. And we'll just just know. Yeah. The Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack is solid. I could see why people like this a lot. If you're like into like nightclub music, like I could see why people could get super into this. That's never been my kind of thing. So I'm not like super in love with it. I'm more of like a classic Konami chiptune kind of guy. Right. Um, But yeah, there's nothing about this that took away from it. And it was, it's, it's definitely better. So it's not neither here nor there. It's not amazing. It's not terrible, but I did. It needs to be addressed because it has such a, a big part of our podcast. Yeah, I feel like for me, it just kind of faded into the background. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't distract or didn't particularly like catch my attention other than when I was trying to sit there and analyze whether what I thought about it. So, All right, let's move on to what the game doesn't do so well. <laughs> I got three things here. Three things. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. A lot of things because it's a retro game and yeah. we have Streets of Rage 4, which is this game with a lot of polish. Yeah. And so it's hard to not see, after playing so much Streets of Rage 4, not see the areas where this doesn't have that polish. Yeah. For me, one thing that is just like a huge beat-em-up no-no is friendly fire. Oh, that, man. Yeah. That you can't turn off. Yeah. Like, we had a really good time playing this game together, but we would have had a lot better time if we didn't keep accidentally kicking and grabbing and yeah. throwing each other. Now, see, when I did, and the first thing on my list of what the game doesn't do so well is, is team damage that you can't turn off. Yeah. However, I did appreciate it one time a lot, okay. and that was when you stole my one-up. Um, okay. I, I really liked that I, I could take away about your one up. I really liked that I could take away about 80% of your health when you stole my one up. And it was yeah. just even, we were just even, we were even Stevens after that. Okay. <laughs> so if you're like really vindictive and petty, you might like this part of the game. I didn't love it. We kind of already mentioned a little bit earlier about the fact that this falls into the trap of overusing some overplayed beat-em-up tropes, such as bikers, which are always a terrible part of beat-em-up games. I don't know why they're always in there. They zoom back and forth. In every beat-em-up game, the same way you take them down is you jump up in the air and you kick them off the bike. And it's usually always terrible and miserable, and you have to get down the timing. And by the time you've gotten down the timing, you've already lost half your health. Don't love that. Also, the flying mini bosses uh, that were like impossible to kill. I don't yeah. like. I'm thinking of from uh, Turtles in Time. You've got the fly guy. Fly guy. What's his name? That's, that's you his, know his, that's name. his name. I'm asking you. What's his name? Uh, are you talking about fly guy? Doctor Venkman. What's his name? <laughs> He's got a name. Baxter Stockman. There you go. Baxter <laughs> Stockman, who's like a big, slow-moving flying mini boss, and it's like you can actually hit him. And in this game, you have like. Superman flying mini bosses who zip across the screen back and forth and this is where the team damage is extra annoying because we're both trying to jump and kick him out of the air and we end up hitting each other way more than we're hitting him didn't love that yeah uh the the flying mini bosses are the 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 second thing on my list again wow you're just cutting cutting me off dang 
um, which is a very nitpicky point for somebody like you. Well, um, I mean, I also but, I had in there it was it was all of the overused beat 'em up tropes, such as the bikers and flying mini bosses. But here's the thing, though, about in the defense of the bikers in Streets of Rage Two. Yeah, is this the earliest instance of bikers? No, did this establish no. the trend of no. biking enemies in video games? No, because I don't know off the top of my head if an earlier beat 'em up put biking enemies in there. It's yeah, they're in like you got to think about like the NES Turtles games. There's bikers. Is there? I don't know. There's got to be. <laughs> anyway, whether it established a much hated trope of mine or if it just continued it, I still say it's in the negative column. Fine, fair enough. I'm just saying. I think it's actually worse if this is the one that established that <laughs> terrible trope because it's always on my list of things I hate about beat 'em up games. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this one established elevator levels. I think that we can. No. <laughs> no way. That's uh, tried and true. And you need it. You need it. Those are always fun, though. Yeah. You know what didn't happen in this game that maybe would have made it better? Some double dragon platforming. Oh, dude. No platforming at all because it's a beat-em-up <laughs> game. And if you put platforming in your beat-em-up game, I think that's a violation of the Geneva Convention and you should be <laughs> imprisoned. Um, Preferably at Guantanamo. Also, Jordan, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think there are any pits that you can get punched into in this game. There was like one time when I saw there was like a hole in the ground like yeah. in the street or like something, but neither of us fell into it and I jumped over it and avoided it. So I don't know what would happen. I would say that if that it is there, it's easily avoidable and not common. Yeah. So how it should be. Yeah. May like throw, you know, putting one in there Goodness. is fine. That's yeah, fine. Maybe putting them everywhere. That's bad. You're, this is, this you're a bad. You're not just a bad developer. You're a bad person at that point. <laughs> I don't know about that. This is a this is a solid, solid experience. Well designed. Well yeah. designed. I'm so confused when you use that <laughs> word because it means something very different to me than it means to you. All right, I got one more thing, Dan. All right. And again, this is uh, going to be nitpicky because for the time. You know, this is this is a really good beat 'em up game for yeah. 1992. But we're looking at this game from today's perspective yeah. and judging it by today's standards. And it's still a good beat 'em up game. It is. It is. But something that I would like to see, just like I like to see different pickups and weapons and stuff, is I like beat 'em ups with some sort of progression in them. Okay. And it's not completely out of the ordinary to have it at this time because we see it in games like Knights of the Round, where even though it's just cosmetic, you still have some sort of progression, or a game like River City Ransom where you know you can get new moves and stuff yeah which i'm not saying this game should add a whole economy to it like river city ransom but i like beat-em-up games that have some sort of progression or some sort of leveling because it does just give you that extra level of depth and extra level of replayability and that is not in this game now first of all i want to say i'm proud of you yeah. I want to commend you. I did for say River City River Ransom. City Ransom I, instead of River City Rampage. I had to write it down. I had to write it down. Because I, I, I just can't say that name right. I'm so proud of you. I thought you shouldn't have told me. You should have just been like, yeah. Thank you didn't you. see thank me you. like holding my no. phone right up to my face. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, you, you would like to see our vigilantes have their clothes upgraded a little bit as they level up. Something, yeah, or like, like give me see. some new combos. I mean, I know yeah. I'm saying for 1992, this game is excellent, but I don't know. There's just something awesome about playing Knights of the Round and watching your armor get yeah. bigger and bigger. Maybe give you an extra technique star on your stats screen. Yeah, um, something. To, to indicate that you're better than you were. 
Yeah. I One of the things that does bug me a little bit is there's four different characters and they each have different stats. And so you have like the really big guy who's very slow, mm-hmm. obviously. Then you have Skate who's super fast. But Skate is the only person in the game who has like a double tap to run. Yeah. And I always like some sort of double tap to run in mm-hmm. beat em up games because it makes it so much more maneuverable. And I feel like that also adds to the replay of a game because you can like play strategically and dodge and play defensively. But I, I can give this game a pass on that because each of the four characters plays so differently. And if you want to play defensively, play a skate. That's fine. You have that option. You know what game where you can run with all the characters, Jordan? Uh, Hyperstone Heist. <laughs> <laughs> just saying i know just i'm just saying it's almost like there had been three previous turtles beat-em-ups for them to like really get the hang of how to make a good beat-em-up game or maybe two or two i guess i don't know when hyperstone heist came out it came out after turtles in time it had to have turtles in time is turtles well i think they came out about the same time ish i think yeah yeah, yeah. a few months turtles in time is turtles four but the first turtles game wasn't a classic beat-em-up no but then you had the arcade game and then turtles 2 was the arcade game but then you also had manhattan project which is three turtles in time is four and then hyperstone heist had to have been after because it takes parts of turtles in time and like remixes them i think they might have been developed simultaneously i don't know either way they're both ports of the arcade game so it had to have been after the the turtles in time arcade game i don't think there are they're both ports of the arcade game. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop making things up. And uh, Dan, do you got anything else? You that... kicking yourself off the podcast, Jordan? No, no. No, I would never. Do you got anything else that this game doesn't do so well? I sure do. This is nitpicky. Let's hear it. We already talked about it a little bit. The names of the enemies. You don't like that? They're they're all terrible. But that's fun. It's it's fun and quirky, but like they're all just like, why? why? What would you have done differently? I don't know. The, apparently, the Game Gear version, they don't have names. They're just health bars. You think it'd been better to not pictures. have names? Just give me Sprite. They have, me... It, they have a profile. They got a little portrait. Yeah, I know, but I just, the names are all bad. You're wrong. You're wrong. No. I'm sorry. You're wrong. No, you had like Molecule and yeah. like Mercury. Particle, Molecule, Oxygen. Those are the three different robots you fight. Y signal. Yeah, yellow signal. Green signal. Blue I can agree signal. that those are dumb. Those should have had unique names like the other ones. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the name, the, <laughs> the enemy names are all dumb. I was like, who named these? All right, who I don't. These? I can't agree with you on that. But you know, it's a small thing. It's usually. Enemy. I'll let you have it. Usually. Okay. Well, Greek is solid. Solid enemy names. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right, Dan. You got anything else? Uh, no, no, I don't, Jordan. All right, let's move on. of Rage 2, if you were rolling up to a Play Choice 10. Okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Stop it. 
this is again this is difficult because i got a great deal on 50 plus <laughs> sega games so it, like it really is hard for me to be like this is what i would pay for this one specifically but i'm going to like remove that collection from my mind because this game is good yeah and solid i don't like have a whole lot of nostalgia for sega genesis games because right. i would never had one and because the controller is stupid. <laughs> Your opinion? In my Yeah, of course it's my opinion. I said it. But um, this is a fun game. This is yeah. a good game. Like if you were like putting together a list of great retro beat-em-up games to like show somebody the genre and like try to make them a fan, like yeah. this would have to be on that list. Yeah. And as like a self-proclaimed lover of beat-em-up games, I feel like I have to like... I have to. I would have to have this game in a th- hypothetical world where I collect retro video games. <laughs> I would have to have this one. I think we're getting closer to that hypothetical world. I, I think. No. It, I think the market's calming down, Jordan. I think oh. it's. It's. Uh, it seems to be cooling off. Yeah, uh, a that's a bit. that's a lie. Like, <laughs> if if when we started this podcast, I wasn't interested in being a collector. I'm so much less so interested in being a collector now, <laughs> after seeing the way the prices have jumped in the last year. But like. I could legitimately see me paying. Oh, this is so hard not knowing what I've said in the past because I, <laughs> I'm sure I'm a hypocrite and like just like totally blowing things out of proportion. But I could see me paying like 15 bucks for this game. Whoa. I know. It's a good game. I like looking at it. I like playing it. Um, the cover art's okay. I'd want the Japanese cover art. <laughs> <laughs> not just for the name, but for like the hilarious weird cover art that's oh, on no, it. Oh, yeah. I like the the cartridge itself isn't very cool yeah. to look at, but... Um, Got a big yeah. not for resale on some of them. Really? So it's really nice, yeah. See, yeah, so it must have been like a pack-in at one point. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I... A lot of times I'll, like, say that, like, when a game looks really cool just for, like, having it on the shelf. This is... I don't know if this is one of those games. This is more of, like, a have-it-to-play-it kind of game, but yeah. 15 oh, bucks yeah. is what I'm feeling, and I, I don't, like... I don't, like, instantly feel regret when I say that, so I feel wow. good about that number. Man, that's like a trip and a half to Qdoba. Sometimes I'll say numbers. See, now I feel bad about it. (laughs) When you put it in terms of burritos, when you put it in terms of burritos, that's basically two burritos. Uh, I still feel okay about it though. Yeah, (laughs) but like sometimes I'll say a number because like I know I I, I, that's what I have to say to make all of our friends not hate me. Um, And by our friends, I mean the random people on the internet that I've never seen in real life. But I feel okay about saying 15 on this one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my gut. Yeah. I feel like I'm agreeing with you. I didn't really like think about this, but 15 sounds good. I might go up to 20 even on this one. You would. Yeah. Um, big fan of beat em ups. If I was putting together a list of the top two beat em ups on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> top two beat em ups on Sega Genesis. Wow. The top two beat em ups on Sega Genesis that I've played. Um, this, now this wait a minute. Be, Do we count Captain and um, t- Captain America and the Avengers as a beat em up, or is that more than? This is better than those, and Wrong. so is Hyperstone Heist. Wrong. You're out of your mind if Wrong. you think Captain America is better than this. Oh my than goodness. This game or Hyperstone Heist? You are so wrong. There's no chance. Listen, zero this percent game chance. Has better, definitely better art than Captain America and the okay. Avengers. Okay, the sprites in that game are not good. Even okay. on the arcade machine, they're not good. Okay. Um. But it doesn't have Captain America or the Avengers, Dan. <laughs> it doesn't have side-scrolling shoot 'em up levels that are mediocre. Oh my goodness, Dan! You don't understand when you get a licensed <laughs> when you get a licensed game. 
that's like actually fun to play. That's a magical thing. That happened a lot in retro games, though. It didn't, though. It kind of did, Jordan. I R- mean, license I can games name were usually lot. garbage. I can name a lot of really good ones. E.T. No. Back to the Future. Count. Okay. Top Gun. Okay. The entire They're Disney- all notoriously wow. terrible. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about Lion King? There's one level that's playable in that game, and then you hit the second level, and you'll never get past it. Yeah, but Capcom made a bunch of good ones. You yeah, there's Aladdin. Aladdin. Aladdin's good. Name another one. <laughs> you can't. Chip and Dale. All of the Ninja Chip Turtles games. Good. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, okay. That's right. You're right about that. Um, there's probably... You just like... All of the X-Men console brain. games are pretty bad. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. But there's some good like X-Men fighting games. Marvel versus Capcom. I don't play fighting games. Anyway... <laughs> I don't even know how we got here. I feel good with 15. You're willing to go up to 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, what are people actually paying for this game? That's a good question. Jordan, what do you think people are paying for this game? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to guess. <laughs> Ugh, this has gotten so hard in the last year because I thought that I was finally getting a handle on it, and then all of you people went insane. Now, Being see, stuck in your houses. This is what it is, Dan. Everyone was stuck in their house for a year and a half. And it's my old theory about the dust, the dust in the retro games giving people parasites in their brains and making them <laughs> want to collect more. It's the whole cat thing. So um, I think that this is a good game. I'm going to say people are spending like $24 on this. Okay. I see you. I see you, Jordan. Um, I used to, to be a little bit like, oh, man, the, the price has changed so much. Kind of date our show. But now I'm kind of excited to stick these flags in the ground. Yeah. To just like have a a, a nice walk down the world lane. was once sane, or at least more sane. You thought it was bad in 2018 when we started this podcast, and you're paying 200 and whatever dollars for Mighty Final Fight. Well, guess what Mighty Final Fight's going for now? Pretty sure it's over 300. It's it's, what? it's silly. It's absolutely silly. Like what? Just in the last six months, when we did uh, Gunstar Heroes, and that game was like. I don't know. It was like I I think I something, bought it for thirty. I think shipped that game was a little over forty bucks for me. And we looked at this and week then and now it was like it's like eighty five. Eighty five dollars is crazy. All right, tell me what they're paying. Uh, U.S. version twenty five bucks. Hey, wow! Hey, you were very close. Nailed I'm it. So proud. Cl- yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. calling it a nailed it. Twenty four dollars. Yeah, pretty close. Nailed plus it for tax you. plus shipping. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you th- what do you think the Pal tax is on this one, Jordan? Uh, now does the Pal one have? Is it what is the Pal one called? Um, Streets of Rage, okay. I, I, okay. I think. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they're they're paying thirty six dollars for this game. Okay, I see you. No. Okay. No, they they only got this one for twenty nine, Jordan. Okay, a little bit, a little, a bit little less. bit more. Yeah, right. A little bit more. We're paying twenty five. They're paying twenty nine. Now, what do you think? Bare Knuckle Two is going for, Jordan. Bare Knuckle Two, the dream of. The Requiem fighting. <laughs> Requiem <laughs> for a dream. Something like that. Um, I would say, uh, okay, does Japan like Sega games? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I did see Sega logos when I was in Japan. All right, I'm going to say they're spending $40 on this $40. game. $40. Just for I'm, that cover and that title. I'm going to say no. Oh, dang it. They're paying $69 for this one. Okay. All right. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's Seventy dollars. Um, that's too much, even for a cool name. <laughs> um, yeah, that's too much for probably 
60 to 70 to 85 to 90 percent of retro games this is the thing man if you're gonna pay it <laughs> if you're gonna spend like 30 or 70 dollars on this game why aren't you just buying yeah. streets of rage 4 well like or the sega genesis collection oh yeah well, i guess that makes more sense if you want to play this game yeah get the sega genesis collection not on switch's input lag um there's <laughs> Last last curveball for you, Jordan. Got a curveball. How much do you think that the Pale Master System version of Streets of Rage 2 is oh, going for? Wait, Master System? Master System. Oh, goodness. I'm guessing it's just silly. $118. Not a bad guess, Jordan. That's only 101 101 Dalmatians. But if you want to play like an 8-bit <laughs> Master System version of Streets of Rage 2... Um, Apparently, $101 is what you can oh expect to pay right about now. Master System is weird. Like, I don't think I've ever seen one. I've never played <laughs> one. I'm not sure that it really exists. Yeah, no one really has. No one really has. It only had two games for it. Sonic the Hedgehog and Streets of Rage 2. <laughs> <laughs> and Rampage. That was It had three games for all it. All <laughs> I know is that all of them had, like, terrible box art where it's like, okay, you have to put it on this weird grid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. So for sure. I mean, not like NES box art is much better, but it is much better no, than the Master System. No, but at least they're the all different. System. It's yeah. not just like, okay, put your weird logo on top of our it's like grid. A piece of art. It's like the Mega Man one logo would be the weird, awkward man with like, I think, palm trees would look yeah. right at home on a Master System box. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so 25, I can say worth it at 25. I can, I can stretch to say if you are... The kind of person who wants to play this on original hardware, you want to own the cartridge, $25, I think. For a game that's this good, like, it's pretty hard, I think. Well, let me think about that. Well, it's, you're think- it's increasingly rare to yeah. see a game this good in that price range. It's that's kind true. of how I feel. I don't know if that's actually true, but I feel like that's true based on like all of the games that I want these days seem to be way more expensive than this one. That's true. If you are interested at all in owning the physical copy of this game, buy it now because in December it's probably going to be $80 or something stupid. This is the thing, though. If you aren't a collector, there's no reason for you to pay $25 for this game. Wait for the Sega Genesis Classics collection to go on sale for $15 and get all 50 of the games you'd ever want to play on the Sega Genesis. Yeah. That's not true. It doesn't have Hyperstone Heist. It doesn't have Captain America and the Avengers. Anyway, there's a lot of good games on there, though. Maybe they'll patch it. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. It's got Flicky. It does have Flicky and Fatal Labyrinth and a bunch of random games that Dan put on our <laughs> desert island. <laughs> things that nobody's ever heard of. Bonanza Bros. Bonanza Bros. Yeah, that was a, somebody, that's a game that exists. Somebody emailed us and requested Shining Force 1 and 2. Those are on there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to cover an 8-bit those are 16. Uh, or sorry, a 16-bit JRPG. I don't think those are JRPGs. I think they're like really. Um, yeah, I think they're like tactics. Oh, okay. I don't. I I asked about it, and I was like, maybe I'll check. I was like, I'll check this out. I'll I'll, I'll Google check it. this out. Will you? It's a Japanese language role-playing video game developed by Sega. A first-person dungeon crawler with randomly encountered turn-based battles. Sounds like a JRPG to me, Dan. No, I don't think you know what a JRPG is, Jordan. I don't know. I just know there's way too many <clears throat> menus and options. Coming soon, bonus episode where I make Jordan 
play the entirety of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Desert <laughs> Island word. JRPGs. Oh goodness, I would be able to like name a couple. Yeah, that I would Persona Four Golden. That's what you need for that Desert Island. Um, so you you're saying worthless, probably. You I'm gonna say, say worthless. worthless, but with a caveat of definitely just go buy the Sega Genesis Classics Collection because it is worth it in that capacity, especially if it's on sale, which they do frequently. Yeah, yeah. How many how many times can you say Sega Genesis Classics? I collection? couldn't even say it one time. So <laughs> zero, I think. Zero again. Is that what we, is that what I said to you last time? I don't know. It's a it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. Uh yeah, so worth it for me. Worthless for Jordan, as per usual. As per usual. I didn't say two dollars, so you can't was, be that mad at me. Was Sonic two the last game you called worth no, it? No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Uh all right, my friend. Do we have do we got some trivia today? We do. We've got one little piece of trivia. Are you right. ready? I probably not, but we'll right. see. Dan, this is going to be interesting because I had to try to find something that you didn't read on the Wikipedia. Okay. Which one of these awards has Streets of Rage 2 not won? Okay. So I got three awards here. It did win two of them, and it did not win one of them. Okay. All right? All three of these are real awards. Okay. Okay. Uh, Was it the 1992 Game of the Year? Was it the hottest video game? Oh, sorry. Did it win the award for hottest video game babe? (laughs) <laughs> okay. For Blaze specifically. Or was it the 64th best retro game of all time? So, 1990, According to who? 1992 game of the year, hottest video game babe, or 64th best retro game of all time. Which one of those awards did it not win? Because it did win two of them. Well, I would never give this the 64th best retro game of all time. I'm sure it would probably rank a little higher than that. Really? Probably. Okay. I don't know that I can name 60 retro games better than this one off the top of my head. (laughs) Let me look back through the podcast list and just name all of the games. Yeah. Um, Let me think, Jordan. So 64th. Well, that's so particular. According to what outlet? Also, 1992 Game of the Year is kind of weird because it came out in December of 1992, which I think is like... At the time, if you wanted to like put a 19, unless you're making that list now, the best games of 1992 in 2021. Um, I feel like that's too late for a game of the year. You're right, Dan. Yeah. This game came out in December, yeah. so obviously that would have been too late for yeah. it to win the 1992 game of the year, especially because it didn't come out in the rest of the world until 1993. Electric Gaming Monthly in 1993 gave uh, Blaze the hottest video game babe. Okay. And Retro Gamer Magazine in 2004 in their Reader's Choice poll picked Streets of Rage 2 as the 64th best retro game of okay. all time. Of okay. all time in 2004 as chosen by the readers of Retro Gaming um, Magazine. What was number 63? I d- didn't say these are just little <laughs> things from Wikipedia. I'm going to need to see that list to see if I agree with it. I'm going to say that they've probably updated that poll since 2004. I'm going to need to know if, where they put Hyperstone Heist on that list. Imagine writing Retro Gamer Magazine in 2004, though. It's a whole different world of retro games. I bet you they put Sonic the Hedgehog higher on that list. Oh, I'm sure. Which is just on. I know, but in a reader's choice poll, it's always going to be a popularity contest. Yeah. Yeah. Especially around 2004 when like all the Sonic <clears throat> um, fanfic would have been really popping off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we don't know. We haven't decided what our next episode is yet, Jordan. Um, I kind of like that. I like the not yeah, knowing. It kind of reminds me of the old days of me just showing up and you being like, here's a game. Yeah, but now I'm thinking we're going to do our top 66 retro <laughs> games. <laughs> Strap in for the longest episode ever. Well, that's the, the we'll, we'll, it'll be like, Really each, old school, 60, 60, 66 minutes for 66 Oh, games. I like each that. Game gets a minute. One minute. One minute. We're just going to read the back of the box on our top 66 You could not read game. the back of the box on a lot of these in a minute. You, is that a challenge? No, I don't okay. want to do that. That sounds right. like a, a bad time. We'll have something else, <laughs> and it will be fun. But it'll it be might a surprise. Be oh, it, it might not be fun for who us. Knows? Yeah. But hopefully it'll be fun for the listeners. We're bringing back Jedi Power Battles. No. One time we tried to play Jedi Power Battles and it was so bad that we just didn't. <laughs> In the early days. Oh, man. Probably, that was probably around episode 10 at some point, give or take a few. It had, had to have been long enough where I was like, had enough confidence to like speak up and challenge you. Because... No, I was the one who noped out of it first, I think, and you kind of agreed. Uh, I don't know, Dan. I feel like maybe I started that train. Probably anyway. Not. Dan, what else you got for us today? Uh, what else do I have? Um... We got a bounty, Jordan. Oh, yeah. We drew a winner, you guys. We have a winner for our uh, Sega... What is it called? Star Wars Battlefront 2 on Xbox. We we had a bunch of entries, and we picked a winner. And this month, well, I guess last month's winner is our friend Def. Def said, we asked, what is your favorite Star Wars prequel? Which is just an evil thing to ask. And Def said, <laughs> I actually really like the prequels, and I used to not be the biggest fan of one or two, but after rewatching them on Disney+, Plus, um, we're not being sponsored by Disney+, Plus, but um, <laughs> I feel like we should just, like, there should be a money cannon that shoots at us every time we mention a, a brand. <laughs> after rewatching them on Disney+, Plus a while back, I found myself getting sucked in. My favorite prequel is easily Revenge of the Sith. I remember seeing it in theaters three times. I love the various storylines, the action, and, of course, the lava scene. Yeah. LOL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congrats, Def. Congrats. Um, if you want to know how you can fall in love with the Star Wars prequels, to, to really, truly appreciate them... You have to watch them in 4K on Disney+. Plus. That's what that's what'll do it for you. That's what'll do it for that's you. That's what'll do it for you. Yep. That's what everyone's subscribing to Disney+, Plus for, is the Star Wars prequels. Anyway, <laughs> if you're like, man, I missed out on winning something, don't worry. We're giving away something this month. You know that great Sega Genesis Classics collection that I just said without stuttering over my words? Without what? Oh, goodness. <laughs> so close. If you want to win that, thing we're giving one away this month and all you have to do to enter is send us a direct message and tell us what your favorite sonic character who's not a main character like you can't say sonic or tails or robotnik or knuckles you have to tell us somebody else who's your favorite non-core sonic character (laughs) and that's all you got to do um good luck you probably have to google it and make sure you you know you you find another character you like and then you send us direct messages and you can do that on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> or, or Facebook at WIOW Podcast. You can also direct message Dan or I on Discord, or you can send us an email at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. You can also earn bonus entries every month just by participating in our Discord. We keep picking up new friends in the Discord server. Yep. It's a great place mm-hmm. to hang out, talk about retro games, and it's a lot of fun. You just pop in there and talk. 
about retro games and you'll earn some extra entries but don't forget you have to actually send in a real entry via yeah. dm or mm-hmm. your extra discord entries do not count because we want to make sure that somebody is winning who actually wants that prize that month yeah. so send us a direct message and you could win the sega genesis classics collection which has 50 plus games and mm-hmm. at least two of them are worth playing yeah details are in the description of the podcast if you want all of that spelled out in writing because it's unclear when we talk about things <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> words are hard, and so sometimes reading is yeah. sometimes easier. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We don't know what we're to plan next, Jordan. We, we don't, don't. We don't know. We might. We might. Uh, we might do a desert island episode. Ooh. We might do our top sixty-six retro game Stop descriptions. It. No, we won't do that. We might do our top fifteen retro gaming box art. <laughs> that would be a, a great podcast idea to cover in an audio form is talking specifically about box art. <laughs> Just make sure you have it an extra actually, device alongside you to Google all of these things we're talking about. It actually might be funny. To just try to describe the box art in detail in an audio form. There's a there's a a, a Jimmy Fallon game called What's in the Box? It's something yeah. like that, where they look in a box and they have to describe it, and then the people have to decide. Is that actually what's in the box or are they lying? And it's always something crazy. Mm-hmm. And so you could do what's in the box art and oh, you, you describe okay. it and see, and people have to decide, are we lying or is that actually what's on the box Maybe art? that's, that sounds like a game we need to put a pin in, Jordan. Oh, like okay. maybe we need, maybe we could do it on the stream. That'll be like some segment stuff. Yeah, we could, we could <laughs> what's in the box art. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. Sometimes you have those. I didn't have that. Jimmy Fallon did. Well, not what's in the box art. Oh, yeah. I just added a word. Well, yeah. That makes it a whole thing. That yeah, makes oh. it completely original. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, everything, you know. It's like the time inspired. I did a photocopy of the Mona Lisa and I called it Mona Lisa Jr. And I sold it because it was oh, a different word. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we have anything else, Jordan? I don't think so. I think that's going to wrap us up for the month of June. But you know what? Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. 2021. What a what a rousing success. We totally <laughs> redeemed the series of Streets of Rage, in my mind at least, and Sonic is exactly what we always thought it was. <laughs> Speaking of Streets of Rage, Jordan, and Streets of Rage music, we have some Streets of Rage music oh, to close out the show today. From which game, I'm afraid to ask? Streets of Rage 2. Okay, all right. Uh, it's it's called it's called Wave One Thirty One. It's this it's this it's the stage six music from Streets of Rage. Ah, uh, yes, by, I remember it well. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't. By Donnie off a little a little remix album called The Streets. Just by Donnie. Donnie D O N I. Yeah. All right. Oh, Donnie. Oh, okay. He's a he's a Game Chops friend. Nice friend friend of the Game Chops. He's a friend. Donnie. Okay. He's, hope you like it. <laughs> or as Jordan would say, I hope you don't. Oh, I would say, I hope you hate it. Oh, well, that's not nice. Well, I don't actually think, I don't, it's like, you don't really mean that when you say it. It's just a, like, subversive thing. They didn't think it was coming. Oh. You want to subvert expectations. Haven't you ever seen Star Wars 8? <laughs> Gosh. We have to end this podcast. We can't talk about it's that time. Now. <laughs> we will see you guys in July. Hope you're having a great summer. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.